Hello, Mum. God bless you. You're looking so young. Yes. God bless you. Wow. I don't know what they're feeding you. I think it's God feeding you. Yes, the blessings. Amen. How good to see you all. He knows you personally. He celebrates over you. Your name is known in heaven. Hmm. You're a somebody. Your prayer's registered in heaven. It's been adjudicated. And it's been answered. Makes a difference, doesn't it? Fancy him having to send me here to tell you that. That was hard work, but I didn't feel a thing. (laughs) Uh, It's okay. It's all good. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God represents our Father, our Creator, who is a spirit. We sow the incorruptible seed into the kingdom of God. Right? And then we set our affections, our thoughts, and our focus on things above, where we've planted the seed. Where did we plant the seed? In the spirit. When did that happen? When we gave it? When we gave it. Did God receive it? You gave it in faith and trust, didn't you? He received it. But what's more, what's more, Jesus has it in his hands and he goes before the Father and specifically worships the Father there on your behalf. All of heaven rejoices over your obedience in giving. And they get to celebrate with exuberant joy for the harvest that's coming to you. When? Then. is released. What happens is we start looking at the natural and we look at our time. How long has that been? <laughs> and so then we go from staying focused on where the harvest is coming from to this realm And we switch our allegiance. Then we start getting worried and stressful and freaking out and no faith. So remember, faith is trust. Now what, what the worst thing, delay does not mean denial. Delay. Say delay. Do you like delays? Well, why don't you deal with them? That is a spirit called delay. What, do you have a name? Stand up. What's your name? What? Arceli. Arceli. Right. Thank you, Arceli. And you've prayed to your Heavenly Father and He 
received your petition, your legal petition, based on the legal contract, the Word of God, because you give him reference to the contractual promise that he has vouchsafed through the blood of his son, he hears you. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And when we know he hears us, confidence comes or faith comes or the substance for the things hoped for, the evidence, the title deed, the ownership of the things we don't see yet. Happens. When? Mark eleven twenty four. When you or whilst you stand praying, you make a spiritual transaction. And then the process begins. He doesn't change and he doesn't lie. But it happens in the spirit. It's coming from the spirit into the natural. Okay? You can know how things work, but that's not enough. You've got to work them. Do you, feel, you know, I know that legs work, but I've got to use them. I know that my fingers at the moment are working, but I have to use them. Okay? In the natural, if I want to move something, in the natural, I have to pick it up and shift it. Either personally or by a machine or other. Yes? I can send a message via internet. But I have to press buttons and say, you're right. In the spirit realm, I shift things with my tongue. Come on now. I move from A to B in the spirit realm, things, say things, with my tongue. And all things created are subject to my tongue. So this spirit, this identity called delay, starts working on you. What does delay want you to do? I'm the most gullible idiot that ever walked on the face of the earth. Fancy believing seed time and harvest. I've just shifted something in the spirit. I just moved it away from me. Keith, come here. Keith. Why did you come? I came because I love God and I prepare my heart every day for him. Oh, oh I came because of authority and you told me to come. No. no. <laughs> Is he moving things with his mouth in the spirit? Didn't you just hear this last say, you need to name your seed? Ah. Oh. Come sit down. Get ready. 
We're on, this is take two. <laughs> Keith, come here. <laughs> Keith, why did you come here? Because you called my name. Ha! Ah. Say it again. You called my name. Say it again. You called my name. Name your seed. Call your seed. Call your seed. Call your seed. Call it in. That's how you move it. 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 Call it in. Sit. You get frustrated. You get frustrated. Frustrated expressed is a lust of the flesh. When you just, that's the only way to handle it. And you'll pray yourself back into the spirit. Where the pastor was in Peter, One Peter, chapter two, verse eleven. Dearly beloved, turn to the person next to you and say, "You're beloved." Now say, "I know," and act like you mean it. I'm loved. Oh, come on. Say it a few times. I'm loved by the Lord Jesus. Now say it a few more times and mean it. Stop. Think about it for a minute. I'm loved by Lord Jesus. Just, it's anointed when you treat it right. It's an incorruptible seed. It's one you need to be planted in your soul. Say it a few more times, but this time, say it slow and mean it. There's not a doubt in the world about it. He loves you. And he is for you. You heard Pastor. And she was, wow, she was really going for it. She was, she was shouting as a fan, right? For what God's doing. She got excited about that. Well, let me tell you. Your heavenly father gets just as excited. That's my boy. And there's my girl. Oh, look at that. Wow. See what the devil tried to get them to believe. And they didn't believe it. Look at that. Look at, look at them calling their seed in. Wow. I'm so pleased with them. That is my beloved daughter. 
There's drums under the throne. He loves you. Big time. Hmm. Okay. Beloved. No. Dearly beloved. I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Abstain from filthy lusts. Which war against your souls. What is it in a friendly? Give me something. What was, what did you have? New English translation, was it? NLT, give me that, please. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. If I want to move something in the spirit, I do it with my tongue. And the war that's going on in my flesh. I need three volunteers. One, two, three. Come here. I'm glad that you're so quick. One, just stand in front of me. One, two. No, you were there. Two. Okay. Created in the image of God, one, spirit. God is a spirit, and we're created in his image, first and foremost, spirit. We became a living, walking, speaking spirit. And he created male and female in his image. And he blessed them with the authority of dominion and power, not just him. And he doesn't own her. She isn't a a cattle, a sheep, a dog, a boat, a car, a thing. She is a co-laborer in the vision that God, a helper, the Holy Spirit is your helper. Is he any less God than God the Father? Male's not better than female. In Timothy says there's neither male nor female in the body of Christ. There's no marriage in heaven. There's no sex in heaven. So when God says that we are his bride... Men think, how's that going to work? They're thinking in the flesh. Do you understand? There's a war that goes on. When I yield to Jesus Christ as Lord, the intimacy of relationship that I have is unspeakable in agape love. It, it super exceeds anything of natural sexual uh, intimacy. The touch of God's love is beyond that. Can you see what I'm saying? So just understand that. My wife is a helper, a first-class, excellent co-laborer. I'm a laborer. She's my co-laborer. Most of the time, she works harder, longer, more selfless than me. 
How do I know? Because I sit down at the table and I expect a meal. After she's done everything. You know, it reminds you of that statement in Luke 17, 5 on. And he says, when you have a servant, they go out into the paddock and work. You know, they go to work, work eight hours. And they come home and somehow or other they organize washing, cooking, dinner. And then they've got to smile and go to bed. Dear Jesus. All this stuff. And see, they say, but that servant has only done what they were meant to do. All right? Now that is in a work situation. In a marriage covenant, that's not the case. It's free will. Do you, you understand? It's free will. We do it because we love. We do it because we're responsible in love. And we do it because it's real love, so it's tough love. It's not offensive. It doesn't get twisted or bent out of shape because something's not going. It's tough love. It's, you just do what you have to do because we together need to win. Right. Does that make sense to you? Yep. Okay, so don't forget it, right? So I'm created in the image of God. He is a spirit. John 4, 24. God is a spirit. I'm created in his image to operate the way he does. God wanted something to be moved He spoke. You want something to move? Speak. Got it? Okay. You have not because you've called not. Consistently. Persistently. The widow that was done wrong by the judge, she kept calling, kept calling, kept calling, kept calling, kept calling, kept calling, calling, and the judge changed his mind. That's not a representative of God. That is just a situation in the natural that was wrong that needed a spiritual court to overrule it. And how she overruled it was to be persistently calling out what was right. Justice, 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 justice. She's calling for justice. And justice came. He couldn't care less about God, did not believe in God, didn't care about what happened to this woman, didn't care whether it was right or wrong, but anything to shut this woman up. So he changed it. He ruled in her favour. She called it in. She called it in. I can't call a person in because they are free will, created in the image of God also. Is everyone okay? But things... I have dominion over. The shame is when I let things have dominion over me. Right? Tobacco, alcohol, drugs, pornography, all this sort of rubbish. Do you you hear what I'm saying? All right. Just while we're on this pornography thing for a second. It is perverse. It's sin. And willful sin... Is totally different from the occasional sin. So if I'm habitually sinning, in John, the epistle of John says, when you're born again, you don't, you don't have the tendency to repetitively sin. Do you understand? And so then he also says that if you continue to do that, the kingdom of God's operation is not available for you. 
1 Corinthians 6, 2 Corinthians 6. So you have to make up your mind. Now, in Galatians 5, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of the flesh. Part of the fruit of the flesh is sorcery, witchcraft, okay, which is seduction. And Proverbs warns us not to go down the road where the harlot lives because she will seduce us through her scent, her availability, and the forbidden fruit. But she'll take you straight down into hell. He says, flee from her. Flee from youthful lusts. Because we're created in the image of God, when we are born again, say born again. again. I become a new creature. So I'm reestablished in the first order of how God intended us to operate. And then we don't view each other after the flesh. We're not looking at the outward appearance. We're looking for the fruit of the action of faith, of righteousness or unrighteousness. So we're discerning the action, not the presentation. So the spirit is the soul, and here is the earth suit, the body. It's just an earth suit. A spaceman has a space suit to live in that atmosphere. We have an earth suit to carry our spirit and soul. This earth suit is where the devil stirs everything up and wants this wants to dominate the spirit. So this voice, you know when your stomach's hungry, does it tell you? Here's your earth suit talking to you. Right? When you're tired? When you don't want to do something? What do you think I am? Do you think I'm an earth suit? Do you think I'm just here to do what you say? This is the motor car. You get in the motor car, it starts up automatically and takes you to Melbourne. But you wanted to go to Brisbane. You see, so you over there wants to go to Brisbane and this motor car here says, I want to go to Melbourne. So if I listen to its suggestions, I'm going to end up being in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's why the Word of God divides the spirit from the soul and then the marrow and the intent of the bones and the thoughts and where the thoughts coming from. As a man sees himself, so is he. So this is where I see myself here. As a man sees himself, so is he. So then if the thought which is a projection of image. You know, superstars and that, they have an image, right? You should see them when they're standing away from their image. They don't look so superstar then, do they? They actually put it on. They make this thing up. That's their stage persona. But the thoughts in here will manifest there. The thing that the Word of God does is discerns where the thought's coming from. 
Because whatever thoughts you meditate on, you will action, and whatever you action, you become. Are you, you getting this? All right, so that's why we have to be very discerning about how we treat others. Now, I'm in the body of Christ, and if you've been born again and washed by the blood, you've been recreated into the family of God, and the Holy Spirit that you received is causing you to become transformed into the expressed image of Jesus Christ. Can you put up 1 John 4:17, please, in this new language? It's English, but it's... <laughs> okay, let's read it together. One, two, three. And as we... Read it again. Why am I confident? Oh, you so it's it's quite okay then for you to be living like Jesus. Because you were created in the image of God to operate as God does. Right? You got born again, so the Holy Spirit's come back, that's what Adam lost. Okay? And now it's his job to conform you into the expressed image of Jesus Christ so that you will be one among many brethren because God loves faith. Right? So we're to live and to move and to have our being in Him. Is that right? Okay, so if we continue to allow this earth suit to dominate us and give us thoughts, we're never going to get free of lust and perversion and all these other things, so things will continue to have dominion over us. Okay? Can you see what I'm saying? So turn around again and let's, let's just do this again. So if I, if I uh, am seduced by the witchcraft that's coming through pornography, say witchcraft. 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 Witchcraft, witchcraft is dominating you. Witchcraft. Okay, so it's a seducer. The devil has no redemption because there was no tempter. He was not tempted by any other entity. But we have a tempter. And because we were tempted, we were introduced to rebellion. God made the plan for redemption. But then he warns us against the tempter imprisoning you by infusing your thoughts with evil. So witchcraft absolutely consumes every waking moment you have and imprisons your spirit. 
where the inspiration of God comes. So like a hot and cold water tap, it can be turned on by the appetite of the flesh or the earth suit. Are you hearing me? And so the eye, eyes of lust, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Okay? So I can break the power of pornography from here and wash it clean in the blood. But if I haven't dealt with the witchcraft and the seduction, it's still going to operate. And then this tempter is still strong. That temptation is still strong because John 14 verse 30, Jesus said when the, when the enemy was coming, there was no darkness in him, so he was not afraid. There was nothing in him that the devil could use to manipulate him to yield. All right? Now, if I'm still captivated by that witchcraft that flows through seduction, are you hearing me? I'm trapped. Because this mind here has been filled with cobwebs. And in the cobwebs is the spiders. <laughs> okay? And they're busy weaving and stuff. And so they can't look at somebody without undressing them. If you, can't, you, know, you follow what I'm saying? And so then there's that horrible thing. Now, I come into the presence of all sorts of people. And... Uh, As soon as you come into their sphere, that spirit of lust jumps on you. You're right. It's filthy. It's horrible. It's totally unacceptable. And it's a thief. And here you are, and here I am, right? We're looking to walk uprightly before God. And if we walk upright before God, He will withhold. No good thing. Well, that's where I want to be. But I have to understand that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of holiness. And he won't share the jewels with you until you're cleaned up. And so it has to be spirit, soul, and body sanctified holy unto the Lord. Not just a portion of it and not just 1 John 1, 9 can confess and sin, okay? And then already knowing that tomorrow you're going to be doing it again or tonight. Can you see what I'm saying? Seduction, that's why they call it seduction. You know, uh, Herod, his brother's wife's daughter danced for him and he was seduced. He gave her up to half of his kingdom. Totally and utterly seduced, bewitched by this woman's seductive dance. It's nothing, look, a male can dance like that. A male can have just as an electrifying, seductive force coming from him as a woman. The woman is not the perpetrator of lust. Men are. You wouldn't have prostitution if men were upright. Isn't that right? 
supply and demand? Well, obviously the demand is huge. Nothing wrong with Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. She had seven devils cast out of her, cleaned up, and she became the first preacher, the first to proclaim that he is risen. A woman did that. A woman that was cleansed and filled with the Spirit of God. She was there in the upper room. Well, the women said, hey, (laughs) shut your mouth. She's created in the image of God. Even if she's on the street working. She's still created in the image of God. Other than the grace of God, you would be there. And some people are still prostituting themselves, male and female. Right? And they're not on the street corner. They're in Mr. and Mrs. Suburbia's house. They they have to conform to pressure. Well, if I have to conform to pressure to give sexual favours, to have a relationship, that has got nothing in it that's godly. Why would I want to mess with that? If, If I'm needing to meet the right person, I need to be prepared to meet that person. And then when I've, I've done my work, then I call the person in. Right? I'm not commanding them in the sense of, you know, like I meet someone and, and I thought, oh, man, she's beautiful. I, I want that woman. I want that one. You just want to, you just want to have sex. What's the mathematics skills like? Does she appreciate poetry? What sort of books does she read? Who is she? What colours is she like? I don't know, but oh man, she just, oh, look at the way she moves and I love that perfume. And, oh. People come and ask me, will you marry me? I said, I'm already married. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. (laughs) My turn. Have you got a job? No, get out. (laughs) How can you provide for a wife, you know, and you want to plant seed? What happens when you plant seed? You get a crop. I don't know too many people that had children when they wanted to. And I don't know too many people that um, didn't have children when they didn't want to. But they're messing with a seed. If you, you plant seed, you count on another life. You understand? Hmm. So that fellow has to be in a position where he can provide for a woman and children. Now, what does that mean? I have to have the deposit for a house. Yeah, well, no. No. It's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, saith the Lord. An entrepreneurial gift is coming from the Spirit and you need to operate in the Spirit for it to manifest. The prophetic tells you what your potential is and what the 
avenue of success is, then you need to call it in. Cause my will to align with yours, Father, and you will give me good success. Proverbs 16.3. Put it down. Proverbs 16.3. That's what you're looking for. And then in response to that, or as a leader to come into that position, it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And verse 7, which is talking about your mouth. And I think we've talked about that here today. Like, if I cancel out my seed by what I say, that's not God's fault. You with me? Okay, so this... And by the way, this man is created in the image of God too. Thank you for being an example. And I'm not putting nothing on you except the blessing of God. Amen. All right. Is everyone okay? I think you're getting this. You guys can sit down. Thank you. A woman is created in the image of God just equally as the man. Okay. The man is the head of the union. Say union. Union. Okay, well, so like covenant contract, partnership. What partnership is if, if, if you're treated like a dog? There is no partnership. There is no union if you get treated like a dog. Who, like what makes you think you're better than what she is? Could you see what I'm saying? It's the wrong attitude. Pride comes before a fall and it leads to destruction, a destruction of marriage. All of this physical violence in the house. Why is that? Because the woman is enlightened and she's saying, we need to change stuff. And he says, shut up, bitch. Bang. You do as you're told. You get back in the kennel. Who is this talking? Satan. Possessed the flesh. Out of order. In the beginning. God. He owns this planet and everything in it and everyone on it. You do it his way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. A male who has the ability to cover a woman, to cover her, to offer her partnership, to offer her partnership. He's enriched if she says, I do. He is enriched. She brings all her skill set to serve with him. Serve with him, not for him. Serve with him. And now we're not talking about, you know, these women say, well, I cook tonight, you've got to cook tomorrow. And I did this, or you've got to do the washing, or this or that or the other, and we share. So, Yes, if I get into legalism, that's all rubbish too. It's not feminism. It's God. It's the kingdom of God. There's equality in Christ. Headship is this. When you come to a joint decision, he takes a responsibility for it. He covers you. He covers. He covers we did it. It's not Adam says, the woman did it. That's after the devil possessed him. The woman did it. Before, they were naked but unashamed because they were crowned. They were crowned and they had the glory of God on them. Their clothing was the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
And they weren't looking at themselves after the earth suit, but after the spirit. We don't know Jesus now after the flesh, but after the spirit. We don't know him as he was, but as he is. 2 Corinthians 5. Can you hear me? So if I have the right attitude towards men and women, I'm going to come into the blessing very, very quickly. And that's what we need. So if I want respect, I have to sow respect. I have to give respect. If I have, uh, you know, if I'm a racist, I'm, I'm thinking I'm superior than others. If, well, how is it that we're superior than uh, somebody else? They have different gift sets. They have a different approach to resolving issues. Well, I should be respectful and I should have ears to hear what they're saying, what they're suggesting, because that could, they could be strong where I'm weak. And they need to hear, because I could be strong where they're weak. Not everybody's got it all together. We need one another. That's what covenant's all about. The best of what I am and the best of what she is or he is, and we come together. Union. So when I'm in union with the Holy Spirit, then the power of God manifests. But I have to be in union. I can't be in bed with the devilish seductor or seductress and expect the spirit of holiness is in union with me. He is there, but he can't do anything with that mess. I have to choose. I want to be sanctified, set apart for God's purposes so that he can bless me freely. And then that allows me to be a blessing to others. You're right. He blesses me so then I can be a blessing to others. So I, that's why he says much blessed, much, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Love gives. Love builds. Selfishness holds withholds, holds back. God said, love gives. So if love is in me and I have somebody in my sphere who is in need and I have the ability to do something about it and I don't, the love of God's not in me. So if I just say, oh, I pray God meets your needs, you need $100 and I've got $100 and I don't give it to you when I know that you have $100, God's not in me. Because God gives. You see what I mean? Like the priority is to love. Okay? And he's created in the image of God. He's my brother. And that's why the Bible says I need to make sure my brother is profiting. Do you, you understand? Like, so I could withhold thinking, oh, but I need this tomorrow. But th- how many hours between now and then? You see, when, when you give like that, Trusting him, knowing you've got this here. You're into the supernatural lane. You see what I'm saying? And so by being self-focused, I withdraw, I hesitate. As soon as I hesitate, I'm in doubt. He said, a double-minded person, don't ever think you're going to receive nothing from God. You can't be in and then out. Like tiptoe, tiptoe. Is it the water? Oh, the water's cold. The water's cold. You jump in. Poof. You know, I just, 
Praise God. It's all right. When they're in, they say, oh, it's lovely in here. It's lovely. And I shut up. (laughs) I've been trying to tell you. It's just say, oh, well, I don't know whether I can, you know, yes, I'm thinking about this Christianity. I'm thinking about giving my heart to the Lord. But, you know, you know, I just, you know, I'm just, jump in now. Today is the day of salvation. Okay. Ah, glory. Now, none of that is my notes. I sort of say to Pastor Chris, I come here and you guys are asking all these questions. I, I go someplace and, and then God does his thing, you know, and I'm thinking, I don't know why they even bothered coming. He, 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 they only needed him to turn up. You know what I mean? Like, and, uh, and then the people say, I've been, asking, I've been asking God for the answer of that for weeks and thank you. And I'm thinking, I'm glad you're good. <laughs> uh, it's all right. So, God is so good. Yes. So we're created in the image of God and we've been born again. And we go back into that position where we've been given the power to call things in. All right? So now that changes things, doesn't it? When you give and what you have... You can see, and you take that and you put it in to the kingdom, and it's no longer seen. So you have taken something you had and you've invested it. So what you have to be mindful of is you've invested it. So the seed that the the farmer sows, instead of eating it or making it into bread or other flour, he sows it with the intention to receive... 30, 60, or 100 fold. Yes? Okay, so this is this. Now, when I give to God, in the natural, when my carnal thinking, lean not to thine own understanding. So when I'm thinking with my intellect, did, if God was 100% behind your, uh, against your intellect, he wouldn't have given you one. He says, renew it. He didn't say, abandon your ability to think and reason. But he says, based on fear, you'll always come up with an antichrist response. You'll position yourself through, through an antichrist action where he can't bless you. So fear nullifies the ability of God to bless you. you you're okay? All right, so I can't do that. So in my, when my flesh is activated, my unrenewed intellect... It will say, I had $20, now I have 15 because I gave away five. So basically then it says, after a couple of days, nothing's happening and you're looking around, nothing's happening and the bills are still coming in and the rest of it and you think to yourself, I lost $5. You see, you see how the thing turns around like I had 20, but now I only got 15 and I'm worse off now than I was before. How do I know? Man, I went through this stupid stuff too. I finally got it through my thick head that he has covenanted with me to meet all my needs. And he's not the slightest bit interested in that because, you know, 
when I worked, nine to five, that type of thing, I'd put my salary on the table and my wife would pick it up. She was more than a conqueror. Like, I put my salary there, right? And she had it, right? Who had control of it? My partner, whom I trust. She's got it. And I ask her for a bit of play money, if she's got some. Not, not a month ago, I, I had to go and get some milk for making tea for the workers there. I didn't have the, either the milk or the money. My wife was in getting her hair done. So I had to go across the road, knock on the door, excuse me, and, and the proprietor said, yes, what do you want? I said, my wife, I need some money. And she burst out laughing. Ha, 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 you're here to ask your wife for your pittance? I said, yes. Can I please ask her? <laughs> My partner said, have you got your truck? I said, yes. She said, I put finance in the glove box thing there. You know, $20 of coin. I said, oh, I forgot about that. And by the way, where's my socks? <laughs> I mean, she's, without my manager, I am unmanaged and I look like a fool, but she makes me look intelligent. Can you see what I'm saying? I mean, respect where respect's due. Anyway, she said, don't worry. She said, here. And so I give that. And I said, oh, you know what, Helen? I said, I love you more today than I loved you yesterday. And the person said, oh, isn't that beautiful? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about, but this is real to me. I love you. And then I went and got the milk. Praise God. Then I had had a bit of change. Not much, but I had a bit. (laughs) You know, if they ask you, how much is a loaf of bread? And they said, $4. $4. $4. Wow. Four dollars. Anyway, are you ready? (laughs) Ephesians chapter 6. I grew up in a house where there was a friendly ghost. Leastways, that's what they told us. (laughs) Lived there. And he had chains. And he dragged the chains from out of the front room which we only put visitors in. <laughs> Anybody who lived there for a while would never go in that room. <laughs> it's my grandfather's house, not my dad's house, my grandfather's. And the hall went from the front door down into what they used to call the sitting room. Okay, it was about... 20 feet, what's that? 3.5 metres, okay? So it was quite long. And it was two-storey, and a set of stairs would come from where the hall was, ended, down, and then turn sharply to the left, 
into that sitting room. And if you was crook, if you had flu or pneumonia or this or that or the other, you were put in a bed under the stair there, right where George comes out into the sitting room. So you hear the chain being pulled, you know, dragging that chain and you hear that metal clang on its own and he drags his feet. And by the time by the time you got to the end of the hall and you're underneath there on that bed, every hair on your body's standing <laughs> your eyes bugging out your head. And you're thinking, am I gonna die? Is he gonna stick me with those chains? Oh. Needless to say, we didn't stay sick long. We had great motivation to get up out of that bed. <laughs> and you really had to be sick to go down into that bed. All right. Anyway, when I was, when I was uh, 15, I went to a seance. Okay? You know what that is? Okay. Now, I had no idea what all that was about, you know, it seemed harmless enough. And in fact, I was not impressed. So I started shylacking the uh, so-called spirit, right? I thought somebody's moving the bottle. You right? Anyway, I ticked the thing off. It got really aggressive. And the glass starts doing all this crazy stuff. And then next thing it, boom, it, it, it gets airborne. And it's coming straight for me. And I'm just calm as can. I took it like that. And I said, is that all you got? And then the table started shaking. And, every, and I'm thinking, I think this is time to go. Because <laughs> by that time I'd figured out that this wasn't being instrumented by anybody. There was, I'd already checked. There was no wires over the table, none under them. There's no springs under it, nothing like that. And so I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, this could be like old George. So George used to throw the wardrobes from one side of the room to the other. That was him. He, he, was, he was a thrower. And the point I'm coming at is, as real as a seducing spirit is, demons are real entities, dispossessed spirits, right? They're dispossessed of a body. But they're still on this planet. They were all of those that was drowned in the great flood. Okay? So they're there and they're territorial. They lived here before you. Okay? But they can't relate to this world system here without a body. So that's why they want you to be seduced into letting them live their lust through you. You understand what you're dealing with? It's a demon. This is what Jesus cast out of people so that they could be set free. Set free what? Their will to be set free. Okay. Now, I didn't understand how to deal with them at all. And cut a long story short, when I was married to Helen and we're in our home and next thing one of these things turns up in our room and so I sit straight up in bed. It's got my full attention. And then I woke her up 
And she, I didn't wake her up. My movement woke her up. And she sort of like looks up at me. She says, what's wrong? I says, there's a devil over there in the corner. And she says, what? I said, there's a devil there over there in the corner. And she ducks down. She says, keep her away from me. <laughs> I said, but you're a co-partner. You know, like it's... <laughs> And while I'm thinking of that, he just reminded me, as a head, if I take the decision by myself on behalf of my wife, I answer to God for it. Yes, and he holds me responsible for taking that type of decision. All right? Sometimes you have to do that. You can't have multiple leaders. There needs to be one voice. Right? And the voice should be the same. So Larry should be saying one thing and Chris should be saying the same thing. Or Chris is saying something and Larry should be saying the same thing. Of course, they're in agreement. There should be agreement. Wherever two are gathered together or in union together in agreement, not in disagreement. Agreement is blessed. So it's wise to get into agreement to have one voice. Do you, you understand? Okay. Anyway, these devils. So I, I didn't know how to handle them. From that point on, uh, I ended up going to church and I started to, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay? So my idea at that time, somebody up there loves me, but I don't need to go to church. Somebody up there loves me, but I don't need to go to church. But when was I getting that spiritual bread? When was I getting the word of life? I wasn't, you see. So again, I'm deceived. If you, you see what I'm saying? I'm thinking I can worship God anywhere. I can worship God anywhere, but I also need to be responsible to my family of born-again believers that are gathered together by the Spirit of God to create an ecclesia, right, a government of God to affect the whole region and take it back from the demonic stuff, right? Okay, so um, you're with me. Right, so if you put Ephesians chapter 6, if you've got the passion, you don't have the passion. Oh, well, don't put it up yet. I want to read this. Now, my beloved ones, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, the passion. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. I have to have union with the word of God to flow with supernatural power. Okay? B. And God said, light be. And light was. You have this authority in the name of Jesus. You have this authority in the name of Jesus if you're in union with his word. Right? Okay. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power. Flowing in and through you. Put on 
God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities, authorities, operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are, they are a powerful class of demon gods and even evil spirits. And this dark world in bond, is in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armour that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you, to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armour that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert, then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. You get that picture? You can hear them, and you can feel them, you can smell them. You can smell fear. Fear stinks. Ask any dog. Rough. Rough, rough. The worst smelling one I've ever come across is pedophilia. That just fills the whole place with death. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. And take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessing of God upon all his believers. And pray also that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mysteries of the hope-filled gospel. Yes, I pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity, even though I am chained as a prisoner, I am his ambassador. All right, so these unseen, in your sphere, okay, demons... They're the ones that don't want you to receive the 30, 60, or 100-fold return. God the Father says when you, when you ask for a loaf of bread, he does not give you a stone. And if you ask for a fish, he will not give you a snake. And if you lovingly trust him to sow according to the way he says, there is no way that he is going to delay or withhold we see two pictures where the veil is pulled back. Oh, well, there's more than two, but two where this is concerned. Job, 
when Satan got permission to attack him, he used people and the weather to do it. Okay? People and the weather. They took everything. He killed all his family. Took everything he possessed. And he got uh, covered with boils. Terrible state of affairs. And that was a spiritual transaction that was happening in heaven as it was presented by the accuser. In Revelation 12, 11, it says, the accuser of the brethren is forever standing before the court, accusing us, making accusations against us before the judge, the creator of heaven and earth, to rule against, right? Matthew 12, Jesus said that you will have to give an account in court. So the day of judgment is when you're in court and that's why we're down here. We present a legal petition. God meet my needs or God, uh, I need a vehicle or I need a new vehicle or I need a new business. You're right. You see what they've done. You see how I've been robbed. So I can put this petition there. I can say I've been robbed, Father. But I am, I am not leaning to my own understanding. I'm coming to you with how you respond to a situation where we've been wronged and stolen from. So I release them from all charge who stole from me. I give it to them and I invoke the multiplication that comes in the spirit through your courtroom to me. Okay. And then, Father, through this distraction, I've been off course. I submit myself to your will because I know your will is the best. And what the devil has stolen, he's going to have to give back and seven times as much. Oh, okay. So what is it? Is, is it throwing the baby out with the dishwaters? No. You just release all of what was stolen. You understand? And now I'm moving, moving forward to a better, more prosperous business. Amen. I'm looking now for an absolute avalanche of blessing of skill. My skill set's coming up. Because now I'm not looking through what I've lost, but I'm looking at what's coming in faith. Now I'm in the right spirit to move forward. And I'll be able to recognize the opportunity. Theft and destruction is not the end for a believer. Do you understand? But I have to come back to the courtroom and present it right and get that passed and then move forward and then I call it in. So I call in my new business. Well, what's it? What's this new business look like? What's its name? You know, like, come on. And so I, how do I get a hold of that? Holy Spirit, you are my helper. I don't know how to get a hold of this, but you do. So I am coming Romans 8, 26, 27 and 28. All things will work together for good for those that pray in tongues until the perception is opened up and the way of the Lord is revealed. Supernatural favor, supernatural increase, supernatural intervention. Loose in Jesus' name. Make my way straight. I call that business in. You see, 
I, forget about that losing stuff. I haven't lost anything. You see, the flesh loses stuff. The spirit gives. The spirit moves straight into multiplication. You're a dumb devil. You set me up to be blessed beyond my wildest imagination. Praise God. Ephesians 3.20. Jeez. Stupid devil. Touch not mine anointed. Praise God. I'm ready for miracles in 2021. Amen. Amen. And you say, well, why? Because I'm calling it in. I don't know what you're calling. I'm calling in supernatural miracles. Praise God. Okay. So I had these devils flying around. Now, a lot of people don't even believe that they're there. But yet, this is the reason that the Son of God was made manifest, to destroy the works of the devil. Listen, you know, and you go through, one of the first things that happens, if you believe, is you cast out devils in my name. Wow. What do I do with them devils? Is there one behind every bush? No, 10,000. And only ignorant people make statements that are unintelligent about the spirit realm because they have never been in it. Yes. People who have never been oppressed by the devil tell you that the devil can read your mind. But yet 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells you that no devil, no other person can read your mind. Only you and God know what's going on in your mind. But if you believe the devil can read your mind, you're going to act like a squirrel. (laughs) Nutty. (laughs) Yeah, I'm talking to you too. Mm. Praise God. Forgot about them. (laughs) So here I was. I'm on my way. I'm on my way down to a charismatic renewal meeting, and I'm about three meters away from the entrance to the church. And there was nobody in front of me, nobody else on the sidewalk. And I'm walking there, and next minute, I get a fist or something into my stomach and it knocked me back where i just come from the corner and I was doubled over and almost fallen over with the pain of the hit. And I'm thinking, oh, if I could only see this thing, I would job it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you... Gutless thing, show yourself so I can rip your throat out. And it wouldn't listen. And I'm not stupid. I crossed the road, (laughs) went on the other side, and then I run into the church. Bar, B-A-R. You know where that devil went? With me. Why? Fear. Fear. You can't see it, but it can hit you. You can't see it, 
but it sets you up with lies. Slowly but surely moves you, moves you, moves you into error. You've, right? It's setting you up, and then you take action, and then you walk straight into its trap. Gosh, you know, I should have known better. I've done that before. Why did I do it again? You've, you've got a devil at loose. A devil's loose. All right? So, this is right back. 1978. Long time ago. I built that house and I built this kitchen and I'm walking around my kitchen and I'm saying, God, how come I can't hit this sink? If only I could hit this thing. And I'm, you know, and I go through the, the motions of how I go deal with it. I can't hit this thing. What do I do? How do I do this? And next thing, ding dong. That's my front door. I know because I recognize the ding dong. <laughs> so I went to the front door and I went, hello. And this little lady from the church says, uh, I believe God wants you to have this. And she handed me this pamphlet. And the pamphlet was the armor of God. The armor of God. Now this is sounding more like it. <laughs> yeah. The armor of God. So I get the, I devour it. It says, I have a shield. Bang! And I got a sword. <laughs> Whoa! Oh! Oh, my life from when I was two years old, I've been bugged by these mongrel things I can't see. And all of a sudden, I get this full set of armour. My God! Wow! 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 Yes. When I was thinking myself, how do I put this thing on? (laughs) (laughs) Where do I put it? Where do I get it? Oh. How do I... What happens now? Spirit of God spoke to me. My Heavenly Father, you see, you might know everything, like I didn't know anything, but He loves me enough to get it to me. First, He gave me the Word, and then He gave me a Word from His Spirit. And He says, You put it on by faith, Paul. And I got this mental picture of me taking the helmet of salvation. the truth. Wrap it around. Breastplate of righteousness. Wow. Move that shield, man. I love that shield. I love that shield. Kill me. Oh, I love it. I love the sword. And then I found out Job had a bow. Whoa. I like that thing too. So I started studying all the weapons of righteousness. I found out that light was a Powerful beam, a shaft that would disembowel devils. Yes, 
I found out I could put pain on them mongrel things. So I always stand on their toes so they couldn't run from me. And then I slice and die some. I put so much pain on them in the name of Jesus. Run, devil, run! And I learned how to use that armor. And I rejoiced in my Lord. I learned how to deal with that thief. I learned how to deal with him. And then when I found out that you can bind that clown, you see, why can I tell you that God will meet all your needs in the courts of riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Because he meets mine. I just, of course, you're a preacher. No, I ain't that preacher. That's not why he does it. It's faith. So by faith, I literally grab them things by the neck and stretch them with great glee. I can't do that to human beings, although I'd like to with some of them. (laughs) But I realize it's a devil that's in them. So I get the devil that's on them and stretch its neck and leave them alone. So that the God in me sets people free. So when I learned how to use my authority... Then he had me help other people. Okay? With me, God's always been very practical. I'm building my house, and it was on Sunday. And and I watched all these people walking up to the church. And I'm looking at them and thinking to myself, "Ah, these idiots. Why do you waste so much time going to church? You know? Totally non-productive. You can worship God anywhere. And I'm sitting there and I'm cutting bricks for the brick sills under the windows. They're on angle so that the water runoff won't go inside your house. I'm cutting them. And next thing I, I noticed that I had this sharp pain in, in my backside. And I'm thinking, what's this? So I stood up and I was racked with pain. And I had the biggest dose of piles that I'd ever had. And I immediately was very aware that because I ridiculed them, I got this. Next Sunday, I went to church with them. And the piles went. What a relief. But I wasn't really in good shape then. I'd have to go out for a smoke every 15 minutes. I was the bloke to put the butts on the front steps of the church. Do you feel what I mean? And thank God it was only an hour service. <laughs> Imagine if I had walked into a place like this with this long-winded preacher. <laughs> the reality of the devil is as real as you looking at me. And the reality of your authority is as real as you looking at me. And with that measure of faith increased, you can get that devil right out of your sphere. And he'll be scared stupid to come into your midst. You're right? 
you can dismiss it. You know, I had one fellow say to me, ah, uh, uh, nothing like that ever happens to me. No, no devils attack me or otherwise. And I, and I looked at that person and then, you see, in the prophetic, everything that's in your sphere that's going to happen, if I tap into that, I can see that straight away. You know, I'm not going to tell you. That doesn't mean to say that it's going to automatically happen. If you continue on your course of response to issues, it will play out exactly as it said. The beautiful thing about it is that if you see the light and change, then you're moving towards God's blessing. Do you follow what I'm saying? So I can see both of those things when he wants. So it's the Holy Spirit's not an it, it's a him. At his will, it doesn't have a will, he does. He's an entity in himself, three in the Godhead. So the Holy Spirit, when he wants to help people, he will open up their realm and he'll speak into it. Do you follow? Okay. So with this person, I looked there and, and I, I saw there that he was about to run into a man from Gennaris. That a devil-possessed person was going to attack him. And so with that, I, I mentioned to him, I said, well, don't forget that you have power in the name of Jesus. Okay, another lass that was started mocking and ridiculing what I was saying. A stupid preacher, pastor, dumb, just stupid, boring, 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 boring. And I was teaching them about how to bind demons and how to activate the angels of God for protection. This is what I was teaching. And then, you know. So they're just laughing at you. Yeah, no, no, no. I can't see it. I don't know it. I don't believe that rubbish. And so they're in Miranda Shopping Centre. And they decided to take a shortcut in the fire escape. In the fire escape was a gang of nasty would-bees, if they could-bees. And they grabbed her, started ripping her clothes off, got her by the head and bashing her head into the these steps, concrete steps. And then she started remembering what that stupid preacher was saying. Right? So as she was starting to lose consciousness, she started to speak out of a bloodied mouth, Jesus. Nothing come out. But she said it again, Jesus. And then a little whisper come out. And she's going again, Jesus, a little bit louder. And the bloke that was bashing her head, Jesus, he won't help you, stupid bitch. Bang, bang. Jesus, cheating. And it started getting louder and louder. And this guy was struck by the fear of God and let her go and said to the other, come on, get out of here quick. This God's alive. She's back in church on Sunday. Ears open, eyes open with testimony. Like only an idiot says there's no God. And if there's a God and he had to send his son to die for us to redeem us and get us out of the curse, who implements the curse? There has, to be a, there has to be a force in opposition. Why would he have to overcome? 
Why would we have to overcome if there was no force? So the spirit realm is realer than this realm. And the moment you start looking for the seed to come back in harvest from the spirit and start calling it, you will get your prayers answered and your joy will be full and overflowing. You understand? And when there's a devil that's ripping off your returns, bind him! Yeah, bind you, devil. <laughs> now, Mr. Devil, oh, I'm going from hard times here. and uh, Just let a little bit slip through, will you, please? He's a mongrel. He's defeated. You can hate the devil. God hates sin. He's the author of it. You can't hit people. But you can hit the devil. I'm the sort of lifesaver that saves lives. You out drowning, I'm not going to have a discussion out there with you. And if you don't cooperate, I'll just smack you in the mouth, drag you into shore, and you can argue with it then. You know what I mean? Get a life. My job is to set people free, save them. You know what I mean? Like you can't play with the devil. You just cannot play. People think, oh, well, I can do this, I can do it. Yeah, right. Okay. You've just heard me sharing this. Look out. So if you've got a mind that is squirrely and you don't believe what the Spirit of God is saying, okay, in the Bible, it'll manifest. The devil loves it when you're dummies and you don't believe that he is. He loves it. You bind him. You shut him down. You remove him out of your sphere. You get him out of your future. You get him out of your affairs. And you tell him to let go of your harvests. And you need to repent for saying, God, it was stupid for me to trust you and give. And then we go the other way and we say, Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to give to you. Can you see, like I get the right attitude, the right heart. So this is where the word of God divides the intent and the motives of the thoughts. And it's as you are thinking, so is your life. So it, it, it all comes together. But this, every, every, as I said, everything that I have learnt in Hebrews chapter 10, he says, cast not therefore your confidence away. When, would, when did that happen? I was in Tookley Car Park and I was reading fervently the Word of God there trying to get some sort of an indication of where I was and what was happening and uh, could I trust him at that extent? And this is after he told me to give my house away, right? You see, I just said, give my house away. You see, that's the flesh thing and that's why I was having a problem. Sow it in faith. It's a totally different outcome totally different expectation. I wasn't convinced then. I was not fully persuaded. And what I was looking for was to be persuaded that I did the right thing. And here's this verse. And that verse jumped out the, the, off the page and straight into my heart and I got established in peace. Cast not therefore away your confidence. Bang! 
And I said, okay, right. So I got this, you know. And then I found I could walk on that. You're right. And then things started happening. Right? Okay. And so then um, I'm in uh, uh, about the sixth or seventh month of ministry. And uh, all these situations happened. Uh, People. You know, people can start well, but they don't always finish well. Do you know what I mean? When things get tough, you find out who, who really is called. Okay? And um, so I had, a, I had um, you know what they say, only ships desert a sinking ship. <laughs> only rats. Okay. So I had a few rats that were leaving. And I'm, again, I'm saying, God, what's going on? And he gave me 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be unto God who causes me always to triumph. Praise God. So what was the outcome of this dastardly situation? Triumph. So what happened? Confidence, peace, assurance. Straight away. And so then, so it's not finished yet. So the writing on the wall looked like it was just going to fail terribly. But it wasn't finished yet. So we were saying, stop looking at the natural and look into the spirit. What have you sown? Okay, here we go. And so he navigated us through the valley of the shadow of destruction to that promised provision. And step by step and piece by piece. And what happens as you're walking in union with the Holy Spirit like that? You get stronger and stronger trust. You see what I'm saying? So you go through the tough stuff and then he come through again. He come through again. And he come through again. Like he did it again. Man, he's faithful. Oh, what a partner. You, you know, like you learn, you learn where the strengths of your partner are. You understand what I'm saying? And you, and you don't find out, like before, um, I was a contractor. And, you know, I haven't laid bricks for 15, 17 years or something. And uh, I had to build this wall for this sound studio that we had to have. And it was um, just under 2,000 bricks. In any case, hadn't laid, hadn't laid bricks. Don't you think? Mate. So I still laid 550 bricks a day. And the strapping young blokes today, they think if they lay 15, uh, 500 bricks, they're something. When I was in my time, I'd do 1,500 a day. Right? Anyway, so I'd have people come up to me and they want to be my partner. I said, oh, well, get on the other end of the line. And when you can do as much as me, oh, you can talk about partnership. You know what I mean? When you can do as much as what I do, then we'll talk about partnership. And they never could. So why would I split with them when I'd make more money for them than they can make for me? So I wasn't born again then. You see what I'm saying? So when I met Jesus, he said, you want to be my partner? Because I was always talking about if, I could, if only I could find a partner that could work as hard and as strong and as long as me. If only I could find a partner like that. You want to be my partner, Jesus says. And I'm thinking about that. And he says, remember what you used to say? I said, yeah. He said, well, 
how do you think I feel? I can work longer, harder, more productive, more profitable than you. Yet I'm asking you to be my partner. In business, he had the phone ringing off the hook with lucrative contracts. And then I needed employees, but not any employees. I needed the best. He got them there. I needed resources and equipment. He got them there. And he got us a big pile of cash profit at the end. Every part of life, he's been there. He healed me from, from death twice. He's been there. And the cash stuff, right? So it started coming in. It started coming in. I got this big pile of money and my wife and I are sitting there and we moved to the table and allowed for the other chair so the other partner was there, Jesus. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying, praise God. I got this big pile of cash. I'm cool, aren't I? And then I remember that scripture. When you end up with a big pile of cash, don't think for a minute that it was your power that got this. Oh, whoo! I said, I didn't say it yet, but you thought it. Lord, I'm sorry I confess that as sin and ask you. Can you see what I'm saying? Apart from me, you can do nothing, John 15, 5. Apart from me, but with me, you can do all things. Right, Philippians 4, 13. So you, you see how this union works? So if, if I allow a place for pride to get in, I'm going to get ripped off. If I continue to humble myself before him and give him the praise and the glory, he's going to continue to multiply me. If I messed up and I got rolled in business and then I see it and I repent and I get it straight, will he bless me in business? Absolutely. Beyond your wildest imagination. Ephesians chapter 3.20 is your foundation for your new business. Ephesians 3.20. Okay? And you can walk on that. You can live in that. You can expect it. So here I am. I'm sitting there with this big pile of cash. So I figure, oh, well, how long? So we do 50-50. So I divide it into two. Divide it into two. This was enough cash to finish everything that I was doing at the time. So it's a pile. And I didn't get peace. So I pulled the money back together again. And I said, I suppose there's three. So I divided it into three. Third for Jesus, third for Helen, and third for me. Still didn't get peace. So I pulled it all back together again. Right. It was probably about 50,000. And this is going. It's a lot of money. Still didn't get no peace. Then I heard the Holy Spirit quicken me. He said, <clears throat> "It's fifty-fifty, and the tithe on your fifty percent." joy. Praise God. So his pile is bigger than our pile because he said we're one. So he straightened out my thinking. From that time on, I applied what he showed me and the blessings started pouring in.
talked to you last time about idolatry. You put anything in front of Jesus and you're not worthy to be the recipient of the blessing of the inheritance as a son of God. Right? Okay. So one fella, he was smitten by this young girl. He got born again after a terrible battle. He, he didn't want to get born again unless she did too. Right? And she wasn't even in the vicinity. So she couldn't do that. So he was having this amazing thing. And he had to be prepared that she would not get born again, but that he would trust Jesus anyway. So he came through that horrific battle and he surrendered to Jesus and got born again without her. So he finally got the idol, idolatry, out of the way. So the idolatry can be a person, it can be a thing, it can be a career, it can be a skill, it could be any of these things. If you put anything before him, does everybody understand what I'm saying? Some parents live their life through their children because their marriage sucks. So they find an expression through their children. You know, they turn off the husband thing or they turn off the wife thing and they just live their life through their kids. And then if their kids are dismal failure, then they're in trouble too. Can you, so you, you've got to watch what you're doing. So if you've got an issue with family or a relationship, you need to get it fixed. So you don't run away from God and hide. You come to God, not with complaints, but with what God said is available to you in marriage. And then call that in and get the devil out. You take responsibility for your lack, but you need to identify your lack. See, sometimes a husband is too selfish. You self-focused, not even given a thought, you see what I mean? So, okay, that's what the issue is. Well, you need to name what it is. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? You need to name it. That characteristic that's there is being influenced by a demonic being that's having access so he can walk in and walk out. Jesus cast them out in Matthew 12, and this entity that he cast out walked out, went into a dry place, didn't like it, so decided he would come back and inspect his house. He calls the body of the person a house. He saw it was empty, but clean and in order. Oh, great. And he whistled and he got several other devils to come and join him in his house. And then the end, or the characteristics the bad habits of that person ended up worse than it was in the beginning. Can you see? Okay, so we've got a demonic aspect, an influence that's happening in a bad relationship. So we need to deal with that, but we need to get it right. So you come before God in prayer, not as an accuser, but as an intercessor. You said that marriage is under the covenant of the grace of life. And so I am calling the grace of life into my relationship. And the troublemaker that is intercepting the attention of my husband and wife, you see, whichever it is, I'm commanding them to get out of the way. All right? And now I'm asking for open hearts and healing. Right? So I've got to keep naming my seed. 
It's always seed. I've got to name the seed so I'm sowing into the Spirit. I'm sowing into the Spirit what I want. In 1 Corinthians 3, he says that the woman is the man's garden. Whatever he sows into her, that's what he's going to reap. But it's the same with the woman with the man. If you're always putting your man down, why wouldn't he get an edge on him? You should be encouraging him. You see what I'm saying? A bit of thoughtfulness goes a long way and the seed and the crop that comes back is so wonderful. But you've got to think seeds and you've got to name your seed. And then you've got to call in what you want. So when you sow the seed, you name the seed and sow it, it's not enough. You've got to call it. How do you reap the harvest when it's due? Your mouth. Your mouth is the sickle. When is the harvest due for you? When the need's there? You, if you thought, if you're still scratching your head wondering whether God's going to meet your need, you got it wrong. You got a need. He before He created this world, He already went into everything. That's why He's yes and amen. That's why He's Alpha and Omega. He went to the extreme end of your life. Went to the when you give up the ghost, and then you go up into heaven. And then your eternal life begins. He went all the way through that too. And then when he got to the end of that, as far as he needed to, then he came back to the start. And then he began. So did he know that you were going to get uh, or experience a failure in business? Yes. Did he know you were going to experience a failure in a relationship? Yes. Does he, does he know all of these things? Does he also know how he was going to resolve it? Yes. Everything that he needed for that to happen, it was all put there. So my attitude when I'm dealing with the Spirit is, it's already been put there. Romans 8.29. Those he foreknew, he preordained. Ephesians 1.3. He has blessed us with everything. Godliness is profitable for all manner of of lifestyle, 2 Peter 1, 4, these precious promises. So he's trying to get through to us that I knew you'd need this before you did. Matthew 6, 8, the Father knows what you need before you even ask. So I know it's a stretch, but you've got to stay focused on the Spirit and you get the vision for the Spirit through the Word of God. If God is telling you that there is a position to overcome and to recover all, praise God. Do you look, you know, um, he said, whatever you make happen for another, Now, I don't look to him to get something back. Because if I did that, I borrowed it. I, he, he, I lent it to him. He's borrowed it. So I'm expecting him to pay it back. But that's not how God works. He says, you give, bless, and I will bless your seed. Amen. You see what I'm saying? And if I'm an obedient and I respond to what God's telling me, that immediately positions me for that blessing. So... I've often said it this way. I come, come to a service and, and God would say, do this or do that and the other, or give this or give that. 
and I ended up, now I, I was in a position where I didn't have enough finance to get home the way I'd normally get home. So I had to walk. Okay? So that was the result of me giving. I had to walk. That's called sacrifice, which is well-pleasing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know about walking, but nevertheless, the point is, I start walking, and I say, well, God, we're walking. And, he, and then straight away he says to me, go down two streets, turn left. So I go down there, turn left, and I'm thinking to myself, home's this way. It's a long way around. Okay, go down there about 500 yards, stop, go across the road now into that bush, $100 note. Stop the car, pull over to the left, get out, turn on 50 bucks. He knows where everything is. I mean, it's not hard for him. My sheep know my voice. Buy stocks in NRMA. I don't want to buy stocks in NRMA. Buy stocks in CBA. I don't want to buy stocks in nothing. Buy stocks in NIB. I don't want to buy stocks in NIB. This is a while ago. That's not present. I don't know what he wants to do there now. Anyway, I did. I obeyed. You know what I mean? In my head, I'm, I'm tilting in my head, but my spirit is swift to obey. My head's having to run to catch up. You can see what I'm saying? If I have a discussion with my head, and it's going to discuss fear... I tell it, shut up, and I go and do what he told me to do. You see what I'm saying? My head can still be saying, you're an idiot, you're a dummy, you're a dummy, you're a dummy. Shut up, I'm doing this. No strange God leads me. Five years later, he said, sell those. Glory to God, how long has this been going on for? The multiplication that was on that was just amazing. And it was more than enough to meet all of what I required at that time. And I'm asking him, where's this cash coming from? You see, I'm looking to him and he's saying, you got it. What? I got it. Yes. Sell those stocks. You see, I think I'm broke, but he knows the truth. You're right. So when he told me to give my vehicle away, I gave the vehicle away, and the consequence of that was I'm walking. Six kilometres a day, I'm walking. Ah, oh, the devil's having a field day. You know, you dummy, you dummy, you dummy, you dummy, you dummy, and almost, yeah, shut up. So I had to continue to call in, right? And because my faith was weak, I had a missionary that came back on furlough, had purchased a vehicle while they were here, and then they were going back overseas for six weeks. And God said to them to loan me this old beat-up Volkswagen for six weeks. But I wasn't walking. (laughs) Praise God. So I continued to praise God, and I continued to call in the hundredfold. Right? In the meantime, I got sent to Sydney, start ministry, and one of these fellows that was down there, God said to him, give him the car. So he gave the car. 
he gave me the papers, the, registra- uh, the registration and the insurance. So that was the first car, right? My kids and I used to stand at the back door and look out and see if it was still there. This is a God car. We were even frightened to get in it. Really didn't know what to do with it. Anyway, after a few weeks, this guy had a heart attack and his foot went on an accelerator and he come roaring across the road and speared us and pushed us into, a, into um, telegraph poles and wrote the car off. And I'm thinking, that was short-lived. I'm walking again. Next thing, this bloke come racing down to me and he says, here, take this. Get this off me. Man, there's another car. He said, God told me to give you this two weeks ago. And oh, I resisted and he said, but I can't stand it anymore. Here, here take it. And so I went on until I ended up with anything up to 48 brand new cars in a day. My, my property looked like Ford dealership. I had that many cars. They were everywhere. With other people, but they were there. Do you know what I mean? Like, how many cars? These people used to say, um, what's he doing now? What's he doing now? We bought $2 million worth of cars over that period. $2 million of cars. Do you think those dealerships were happy with me? They all but gave me cars for me because of the business. And I think, oh, well, praise God. And I gave umpteen dozen of them away. I've lost count how many cars I've given away. It's like all glory to God. But I've always got a vehicle. If you think lack, you get lack. If you think Offense, you, you're locked into the offense. They ripped me off. The worst one is God ripped me off. God never rips anyone off. See, so you've got to get that stupid stinking thinking out. Can you, you, you're fine? Okay, so when I've got little faith, I get little results. Now, how do I increase my faith? You know, this is what the disciples asked in. Luke 17, 5, increase our faith, Lord. He said to them, if you use the level of faith you've got now, you could say to this mountain, be removed. See, say. He's all the time talking about say. So command the thing to come in. So it's whilst I'm thinking I don't have enough, I'm not in faith. If I I had more faith, I get, you see, wrong attitude. Can you see what I'm, can you see that now? Even with the smallest amount, you can move any opposition. The issue is in your mind, how you're thinking. They did me wrong. Well, everybody's written songs about that. And it's always a hit because people can always relate to sucky situations. And they stay in it. You know, they actually choose to stay in that horrible song. I like the songs that you sing. Those happy ones. Those thankful ones. Those great ones. You sung one and you, you broke me into a million pieces of one of your songs. Beautiful. Thank you. I'll never forget that. It's, it's in my heart forever. Praise God. It's, it brings me joy giving thanks for you. Before the Father. Unfeigned faith. Plenty of opportunity to quit, but you haven't. God counts that and esteems that. Faithful. He's for you, not against you.
And stuff's going to change. Call it in. Say, money's got ears. Money's got ears. A mountain's got ears. A tree's got ears. A stone's got ears. Water's got ears. Air's got ears. God created it by sound. Everything he created will respond to sound. And when you put faith in it, wow. So you're not looking for more faith. You're looking to use what you've got. And the minute you use that muscle, the muscle increases. And it increases and it increases and it increases. Okay, so the issue is not whether the muscle is going to do What is the biggest problem in exercise? Self-discipline. Okay, so I need to feed myself the word of God to continue to strengthen my faith. So when you say strengthen your faith, what does that mean? Does that mean your faith ends up... It's your confidence, which is faith, but it's your confidence in relationship that's built up. It's you trusting that God will not leave you in the mess. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to run out on you. He's not going to desert you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you or leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not. He amplified. He could, I will not. I will not. That's not in my nature. I will not desert you, forsake you, or leave you in want. I will not. You see, sometimes he has to cry over all of our hurts. And look, when someone rips you off, you get traumatized. And, and it goes through every cell of your being. And it keeps, it keeps speaking to you. You've been ripped off. You've been ripped off. You're useless. You're a failure. You've, you need your soul to be healed. And Jesus said, I restore your soul. Okay? So I have to come to that place. Anyway, today you're here. Jesus is here. We get that soul healed from the trauma. And don't think, oh, I'm tough. Mate, you've got a thorn in your foot. You'll only get so far before the infection sets in. And then it's called a root of bitterness. A root of bitterness. Don't let it get established. Spew it out. Right? Well, they did this, they did that. Forget about it. Right? I say, how do you do that? Pray for them. Ah, you know, I was praying for the prosperity of these particular businesses, and I had these people come. Um, surround me with their cars, cut me off. Right? I felt like cowboys and the Indians. <laughs> and I'm thinking, so this can't, this is the 21st century, this cannot be happening. It was happening. What are you doing? Why are you here? We don't like you here. Get out of here. Hmm. Once I went home. 
And next thing, a delegation from these people came up my driveway and got out, very physically menacing in my face. Just wanted me to blink or something so they could throw a fist. I said, what's your problem? They said, we don't know what you want. I said, oh, that's easy. I said, I'm praying that your business will prosper. That COVID-19 won't come into town. That you'll be safe. Your children will be safe. That you'll be blessed under the, the hand of the living God, Jesus Christ. And I'm praying that all the other businesses will prosper as well. But yours in particular because you took the leap of faith and you stepped right out into no man's land for this business and I can tell you it was 100% in God because of the people that you're going to employ here. They were praying and asking God for work and you have provided that under his blessing. And I said, and then all this silly business that happened with the governments and then COVID-19. So I have been praying fervently that God in hope against hope would pour out blessings on you and just like the whole of the farms and everything else in the area for a massive bountiful harvest along with other ministers and out of all the businesses in New South Wales that business that I specifically prayed for prospered more in the most dastardly situation than any other business in all of New South Wales. They were rolling in cash. The farmers, best harvest result in 15 years. And I turned around and said to them, don't forget to give thanks to God. Because the preachers around here are fed up with this drought. And told it, get out, and now God is giving rain in its season. So we're calling it in, and it's manifesting. And then I said to these people, so you don't want me to continue to pray prosperity for your business then, is that right? <laughs> Stay away! I said, I pay rates. I pay registration. I'll go where I'm sent. You want me praying for you or reporting on you? Read Hebrews 13. It's best that I'm praying a good report for you. Right. Anyway, you getting this? Are you happy? Yes. How have you grown today? Yes. You. Yes. How have you grown today? You don't know. Can you speak? Come on, stand up. So what did he say? Did you hear what he said? I certainly didn't. What did you say? How 
Howdy. God bless you. How did you grow today? You went well. Okay. What hit you? I guess. I guess learning about demons. Okay. And how they manifest in us, and how we should get rid of it. Yes. You understand that? Yeah. So that's a good thing to know. Are you going to do it? Yes. Good. Sit down. Okay. Okay. So I get born again and I become a Christian. So I get a Christian name. Now, these religious people baptize or have children christened and they give them their Christian name before they even are worthy of it. You understand? Most of believers today should change their name from loser to winner. You know, so you need to draw a line in the sand. Do you know what I mean? Somebody else named me, and I'm looking for God to name me. So what would you call yourself based on what you believe that he wants to achieve through you? What would you call yourself? How would you rename yourself? You know, it's like um, Donald Trump. Donald means world conqueror. Great name. I guess given that he's the second most famous person in the world today, that's pretty right. I was ministering in a church last night and this young lady's name was the Lord answers prayer. And I thought, wow, that's a powerful name. But her parents named this child that. But that's not a reality in her life, but it could be a reality in theirs. But the child has to grow up into that. You know, at times, whatever the situation around the naming, you remember, name the seed. And I'm a seed of my father. What did he name me? My father named me. I'm useless with my hands. That if I was ever going to make a living, I'd have to use my tongue. Because that's where my gift was. But I was useless with my hands. And he needed someone to be good with their hands. I also have a name. But he named me. Do you understand? So when he named me, he was identifying characteristics. Yeah. So I had to prove him wrong. But I had to find something that wouldn't break when I grabbed it. And I found bricks. <laughs> so I made them sing. I can make bricks dance but I can't make them little bitty screws and those silly little things like this. You know, I can't, I just can't handle that. I can't do a pasta rod. I can't do that. But I had to find it. But then I wasted all that time trying to prove him wrong. I was called to preach at 15. 
Where was I at 15? Trying to prove him wrong. Like, have you stopped trying to prove somebody wrong? Or you're still living to try to prove somebody wrong? Like, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. You don't want to go into 2021 dragging 2020. Like, let's bury 2020 and the old you in it. Like, let's not, let's not carry failure into 2021. God's forming, and he has ordained 2021 to open up all of the blessings and all of the wonderful things he's planned for me. I'm calling 2021 a blessed, victorious, triumphant, overcoming, plenteous, beautiful, multiplied blessings in my life. Sales, 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 come sales, come in 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 coffee truck, come in coffee truck, come in coffee truck, come in coffee shop, come in coffee shop, come in. Come in promotion, come in promotion, come in increase, come in. Jesus' name. Call it in, call your promotion. Don't drag nothing in. Dig a hole. Lay the old man down with all of its, they done me wrongs. And we finally got a seed. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Resurrection life can come up. You've got to die. <laughs> Paul means little. My very statue laughs at that. And I found that that tiny little Paul has always tried to get into me and control me. God dreams big dreams and Paul dreams little dreams. You see what I'm saying? And if I start crying on my pillow, I'll always stay with the little. And when I get upstairs, I'll find out what I could have had, what I should have had. An event, a situation, a person, an employer, a career, a government cannot stop the seed from sprouting. So now let me say this to you. If I call my husband the ceiling, if I call my experience the ceiling, I'm calling those things that are into concrete. So I've got to start calling those things that are not yet but will be in. See? All right. So in Hebrews 6 he says we need to repent from dead works. So the, the stuff that should have been buried a long time ago or cremated probably better and you don't want the ashes on your property, get rid of them things or tell them to get rid of them. You know what I mean? Like, burn up your past. 
You've been there. You can't go back. Let it go. And then, you know, you learn something. Okay, you learn something. You pray in tongues? Good. Pray in tongues now. Loud. Oh, that ain't tongues. (laughs) Come on. Can't hear you. Stand up. Stop. If you understood that what you are praying right now is going to manifest in the next three months, how would you be praying? Tongues. You got some pictures coming up in your thinking? Some expansive thinking? Some expansive expectations? Structure them. There's another entrepreneur sitting up the top there. Yes. You invest three months of tongues now into next year and you'll be walking through broad opportunities that men are going to blow you away. You need to pray in tongues at least three months. Okay, what's that? February. So March. Doors will open March. You put in your bit, you'll be ready. Okay? Glory to God. I tell you, there's some wonderful things happening. It is a wonderful thing to be able to pray in tongues. You know? And so when I have opportunities and I'm not engaged in something, I'm going to pray six, seven, eight hours, ten hours in tongues. Go for it. Do you, do you understand what I mean? It's the most profitable thing you can do for your future. At least an hour a day. You understand? At least. And understand that you are aligning everything in front of you with what his best blessings are. So get that expectation in you. Ephesians 3.20. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like if you got, And then, look, you know, I used to read about our, our Roberts. And Oral Roberts, he, he did some marvelous things, achieved awesome things, and he would pray in tongues and then he'd pray the interpretation. It's all right. Is it still working? Mine stopped. I don't take any notice of it. And so, um, 
He's praying the interpretation. And then through the interpretation, he got told exactly what land to buy and what to do and how to raise the funds and do all of the stuff. And he built a city and a hospital and a university like that. And I'm praying, and I'm saying to God, okay, well, that's great. I want to do that. If he did that, I want to do that. And he said, well, that's what I had him do. I said, no, I was puzzled. And he says, well, why don't you ask me what I want you to do? He says, when you're praying in tongues, I am going to give you insight. And I'm going to give you images. And I'm going to show you what you are praying. And then the images that I give you will speak to you. So that's what I do. And then I do what he showed me to do and then he makes me look intelligent because I do what he says to do. What's he going to say to you? Relationship. Okay? You can trust him with anything and everything and you can trust him with your reputation. You've never had one? and Don't worry, you can't lose it. What you're building now is a righteous one in heaven and in hell you are becoming a dread. That means you get to put pain on the devil. In Jesus' name. Okay. All right. So I can assure you the best is unfolding in 2021. But it will be in the midst of total absolute chaos but the chaos is not going to get in you and you're going to see the way ahead bright and you'll be making a a clear sound that those who are lost will be able to follow so you're going to be leading a lot of people to the Lord alright and that's our first priority get people saved okay you alright And that's going to happen next year. So I believe from February next year that that is going to just come into into, um, place. All right? So you can count on that. Has God heard you? Yes. Is God for you? Yes. When you're praying in tongues, push into another level deliberately. You know, like you have to choose to increase your weights to go to the next level, don't you? Well, ask the Holy Spirit. He's the helper. Lean more on him. Lean more on him. Holy Spirit, you know exactly how I need to to address this. Empower me. Lead me. Journey. He won't do the praying for you, but he will inspire. And you'll notice, pray until you break into that anointing and then break into the bigger anointings. It, It exists. You know, you have, you say, well, I've never had one. That's because you haven't pushed through. You know, like people who are running, they're not running at all until they run into that wall and you get that stitch and it shuts you down and then you run through that pain barrier and you end up in the spirit. But of people who haven't done that, they don't believe that's possible. Pray in tongues until that anointing or the presence of God is tangible. And then when you've got that, 
then ask him to move you into the greater measure. You've got to go further. Get out, get out in front. Stop being reactionary. Start being in front, a forerunner. That's where you belong. You're leaders, not followers. You know, and like I said, failure is not definitive. Failure is an experience. You just get on, right? You've learned a heap. Take the, what you've learned and don't repeat it. But if you go into, into the tongues, he'll absolutely rewrite that stuff. Look, in a day, in a day, he can turn a cash situation right around. In a day. You know, something you did somewhere a long time ago and then they're talking to somebody else and that somebody else has got an issue and, uh, and then they remember your name and then they give them your number and then they ring you and it's a multi-million dollar contract. Because yes, you are, you do, you have the ability. You've earned it. You've prayed it into existence. You're ready for it. Bring it on. Praise God. You know, God doesn't care what, what um, culture we come from. We're created in the image of God. And he's for us. Praise God. And he don't know colour. You know, he looks at us. He showed me. And we're all different colours and hues and so forth. And he looks at that from his throne. And he's looking at it. And it's all this beautiful garden. Oh, magnificent colours. And we're all in the glory. And we're all sparkling. And everything's happening. And we've got all of the colours there. And he's saying, oh, he says, see my family? See my garden? Well, I love them, Paul. I love them, Paul. I love them, Paul. And as he said to me, love the people, Paul. Love the people. Love them until compassion comes up and then power overflow. Love the people. Okay. All right.